Dear Cosmo Babies, you better buckle up and get in because we're going job hunting. I'm your host, Annie MacArthur, and I have my wonderful co-host with me this week, Russell Mays. And let's just jump right into it. Welcome, Russell. Thanks for hanging Yay. with me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Get in, loser. We're going to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So recently so, I had a super fun experience. I got to go to the Paul Mitchell School Spokane. Shout out all the Spokane Cosmo babies I got to hang out ooh. with a while ago. And I actually had, we kind of did this like little Q&A and one of the students asked this really great question that kind of stuck with me. And so I felt like you and I, Russell, could like dig deep into this topic and really figure out the juice because... Before I tell you what it is, I took like I, it, it took me on a sideline a little bit. I didn't think it was an issue until I was actually asked this question. And the question mm. is, how do we avoid fake job postings online? Well, what do you mean by fake job postings? So it, who's who's posting a fake job for their salon? Say, oh, I got <laughs> chairs open. Psych. I got no chairs open. So, you know? <laughs> OK, honestly, that was kind of like my first. I was like, what do you mean fake job postings in the salon mm-hmm. industry? You and I obviously know like big job postings in the salon industry are going to be super, super rare in the instance. Right. But where they're coming from with this question which is why I'm just like, I think this question is so excellent is because the past many years four, three or four years so far, there have been an uprise of fake job postings because of corporations and how things work within them. And yeah, there, there have been a lot of articles that have said like, yes, fake job postings are real. There's all these bots and all of these other things. So how do we avoid that in the salon industry? Oh, so it's like they're posting job listings so that they can say they're searching for jobs just so that they can get government funding and things like that? Totally. I feel like oh, I'm okay, not okay. super qualified to talk on that subject, but gotcha, that is from gotcha. my understanding. Okay. These All fake right. job postings are out there. But I think okay. that we're going to see that a lot more in the corporate space of things and not so much in professional beauty, which I think is a wonderful thing. But I thought yeah. it was really important to talk about this because I think the Cosmo babies are concerned about online job hunting because that is where the jobs are at today. Everything is online now it's on social media it's on websites it's on Mm -hmm. google and indeed and linkedin and everywhere else and so i thought we should tackle this topic i think that the only place that they may run into that is if it's some sort of headhunting kind of you know job posting like it's a company that collects data and farms it out to other people who are looking for employees you know like a like they have temp agencies and things like that for secretaries, not secretary, secretary is such an antiquated word. What is it? What do they call it now? Like an office assistant. Or yeah, the office assistant. Yeah. So, so they have, or warehouse workers or things like that where temp agencies might come into play. But I don't think that's really taken off in the hair industry because the hair industry is so personable and it's based so much on personality that it's going to be hard for any third party to come in and collect data and try to sell it to a salon owner or an owner of a school or an academy or a product company and sell these people. They know that the business of hair is based mostly on personality and service and how you communicate with others. And there is no resume that's going to be able to communicate that at all. 
So I don't think that they really have anything to worry about in the hair business because coming from a salon owner perspective, I owned a salon for 17 years, you know, and every person that I hired, I hired from meeting them either off-site at a hair show or at a class or a seminar, or they just randomly walked into my salon one day, you know, and then that's how I met them. I thought, you know what? I like this person. We're going to give them a shot. And that's how I hired people. Now, depending upon what job they were coming in, depended upon if they got hired or not. Like some people wanted to come in and didn't want to assist or apprentice. You know, so I'm like, okay, I'll give you a shot. Let's see what your skills are. And if their skills weren't up and I liked them, I would offer them an assistant position. Not this, but if they were like, you know, hell bent on, no, I'm not going to assist. I'm going to go right behind the chair. Mm-hmm. Then this is not the place for you because the standard of expectation is too high and it's not going to work. And that's not to go off on a tangent. Ultimately, I think they're not going to really run into that in the hair business unless they're going for a huge corporate job like it maybe L'Oreal or Wella or something like that where they're working you know white collar jobs like they're working in accounting or something like that they may run into it there but I couldn't even imagine those companies doing anything shady like that so yeah. I I can understand the fear it's the fear of the unknown. You know, I don't know much about the business. I'm trying to get in. I hear all these rumors of all these fake job listings. You know, how am I going to deal with that? I don't think in the hair business you really have to. It's like a monster under your bed at night. When you go to bed, you fear there's a monster in the closet, you know, but it's not really there. It's just fear of the unknown. Yeah. And once you get into the business, you'll see that, no, it's really built upon person-to-person contact and Most salons, they're small independent businesses owned by a couple of people. They may be incorporated, but they don't have time to run scams like that. And it's like the whole COVID PPP, the protection program where they're going to give you money to help you with your business and it's going to be considered a, a grant. Most salons didn't qualify for that. You know, they didn't have the record keeping that that was required or they didn't have the employees or you know, who knows why they didn't apply at the right time. They ran out of money. Mm-hmm. Then they said, oh, we got more money. Keep applying. No, they don't. I don't think most salons are set up to, to be able to run scams like that because I don't understand the benefit of having it unless you're trying to run those scams to scout money from the government. Yeah, I think that's why I really love this question so much because I wanted to like really kind of open up the best way to look at finding a job, especially as a Mm. Cosmo student right now. Like, I think that there are really like clear ways to kind of understand job sinking in today's market with everything being super online focused. I think the first thing is always look at social media. A lot of times today, salons are going to go there first because it's our first point of marketing. Go to their social media, see if there are any job postings or anything there. Check their stories, check their posts. Like there's good, they're most likely going to put something up. A lot of times too, you can go to their website and they're going to have a careers portion. So if you are on one of these websites like LinkedIn or Indeed, Glassdoor, any of these things, and you do see a salon posting on there, go to their website, go check it out directly. Because I think that's going to be your 
opportunity mm-hmm. to then research the company mm-hmm. as well and mm-hmm. not just see what they wrote in a job posting, but see like, okay, one, is this legitimate? Two, now let me research the company. What does the culture look like? What do the stylists look like? What are their services like? You kind of get to understand that salon. And even if this is a place I even want to work or I'm interested in, or these services are like not what I want to do or, you know, and that'll kind of help navigate that area too. But I think when it really comes down to it, like that in-person human to human connection is going to be the most important thing. And I would actually love to hear from you, Russell, about like, what were some of those key things when someone did walk into the salon that you were kind of looking for in that first impression? Right. You know, let's look at it. Let's look at this proposition from two perspectives. Let's look at it from the stylist, new graduate, looking to go into a place. So if I'm looking for a place and I've just graduated, okay, number one, I may not be as confident in my skills as I would like to be. Mm-hmm. I, I can do a couple of things well, but I can't do a lot of things well because I've only been doing it for a year or two, right? That's understandable. And, you know, I'm going to be a little insecure and a little apprehensive. I don't really know what's going on. This is my first gig. It's like your first date. So I need to do my research. Mm-hmm. It's like when I'm in, in high school and I see some girl and I think, oh, she's really attractive. I'm not just going to go right up willy nilly and say, yo, ho, what's up? Right. You know, I'm going to ask my friends, hey, you know anything about the little red haired girl? You know, and they're going to say, oh, yeah, she's dating the football player. You know, the, she's dating the quarterback football player. I'm like, oh, never mind. You know, I'm going to do my research before I even approach. So that's what we need to do as new stylists. I need to research the salon so I know, one, what their style is so mm-hmm. I can match that style when I go in. If I'm going to go into a hillbilly salon and I'm not going to wear bib overalls and a straw hat, I'm not going to fit in. But then at the same time, if I'm going to go into a high class place that everybody wears all black head to toe, you know, and is immaculately pristine, then I need to mirror that and know what's the environment that I'm going into. Absolutely. Is that the type of salon that I want to be involved with? Is that the type of hair that I want to do? Check out their Instagram. See what hair that the stylists are doing, what their image is, what their marketing is, what their brand is. Mm -hmm. Do I want to be a part of that brand? Does that brand speak to me in a way that I could say, yes, I want to go there for at least five years? Absolutely. So I'm going to do my research and find out what I want. So I need to research the company, who's the owner, who's, mm-hmm. you know, the the people that are working there, how many stylists they got, how many chairs they got, you know, how long the place has been there. All these little things I want to kind of get a little research on before I walk in. And if I'm looking for a salon, that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk in. I'm going to have a resume, even though they're probably not even going to look at it. You know, or if they do look at it, they'll skim it. Mm-hmm. You know, the basically what they're going to do is they're going to look for your social media. And then they're going to go on your social media if they like you. And they're going to see what kind of image and research you. So what kind of hair are you doing? What are you posting on your Instagram? Mm-hmm. If I'm going into a high class salon that has, you know, Dior all over the place, then I need to not post, you know, I went and partied on the Lake Havasu all weekend and have all these videos of me getting drunk, doing stupid stuff. Cause maybe it won't fit in at Dior. 
You know what I'm saying? So I want to know the audience that I'm playing to. Now, if I want to have a personal Instagram and have all my stuff on there, you know, that's great. If I want to have a professional Instagram, then I think I should have a professional Instagram that presents what I want to be, who I want to be, how I want to be perceived, and what type of clientele am I trying to get? Because that's all the salon's really going to look at, because that's going to tell them a lot about who you are as a person and how you take your perception of the business and if you're taking it seriously or not. Mm -hmm. Now, if we go or segmenting into the salon owner side, if I'm the salon owner and someone comes in, I'm looking at their style. I'm looking at, you know, are they put together that fits in? So my place was, I tried to make a place that was high quality in the services that we did, but was in a casual, artistic kind of atmosphere. It wasn't all black head to toe. It wasn't, you know, uniforms or anything like that, but we wanted to present professional. And that doesn't necessarily mean how we dress, but it means how we carry ourselves and all that. So I'm going to look at how they're carrying themselves, how they talk. Now, I can teach someone how to talk. I can teach someone all the things that I need, but I cannot teach them desire. I cannot teach them to put one foot in front of the other and follow the program. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, from a salon owner's perspective, I want to see someone who's taking initiative. I'm going to look at their Instagram. Are they taking initiative and posting hair that they've done? I don't care how good it is. I just want to see improvement. When they first take a picture, if it's a picture of their model in a an Oompa Loompa outfit, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm riffing here. Give me a break. You know, but if they're not wearing, if they're not, if they look like they just rolled out of bed and they're not put together, that's not going to make a good picture. I want someone that's going to present and understands marketing. Not that they know how to market themselves, but I want them to understand perception. That's the thing that matters is perception matters as much as the reality of your skills. If I'm doing good at one link bobs and all I want to do is one link bobs and I expect to see beautiful one link bobs on your Instagram. Yeah. You don't have to see a thousand of them. Mm -hmm. I want you're in school. How many are you going to do? I want to see every time that you practice on a doll head. You decorate your doll head, you put a shirt on the doll head, you set it up against a black background and you try to make sure that the lighting's right. You know, some pride in your workmanship. I want to kind of touch back on the resume factor of it, because I think yeah. that resumes are something that people should not sleep on. I think that you should put time, no. effort and thought and energy into building yes. your resume. If you're not yes. sure what to put on a resume, if you're on your phone right now, open up Instagram, go to Scissor and Moss, yes. check us out. Yes. I put tons of resume information on our Instagram account for free. So it's all right there. So you can go grab it. But I think resumes are really important because they, in the instance of you do walk in, you do get to make a first impression with maybe a stylist and a receptionist and you hand them that resume and the opinion now becomes the first impression for the salon manager or owner and mm -hmm. having a good resume with very clear indicators and very clear information is going to be really helpful because like Russell said, they're probably going to scan it really quickly. So you need to make sure that you have the most important information on there clearly visible, which again, I put lots and lots of tips on our Instagram account. So make sure to go check that out because it's right there for you to make sure that you're making awesome resumes. <laughs> The resume is important, but it is not the end-all be-all. So don't yeah. worry that you don't have a stacked resume. The resume shows that 
I've put forth effort exactly. and thought before I walk into the salon. Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. I might have figured I'd stop in and say hi. Are you hiring? Yeah. No, I want to put forth effort and thought, and I've come prepared with a resume, and I've come prepared with the way I look. I've come prepared mm-hmm. to to make as good of an impression as I can. Yeah. You're not going to impress me with how good you are in skill. You're not going to impress me with how many clientele, how much clientele you have. You're not going to impress me with any of that. I'm doing this 30, oh my gosh, I forget how long I've been doing it. I'm so old. I'm getting Alzheimer's forgetting, or maybe I'm just suppressing it because I don't want to be that old. (laughs) I'm doing hair 30, at least 35 years, 37 years. I'm not impressed by your technique at two years. And I don't have to be for you to be worthwhile and valuable. Mm-hmm. I, I want the new stylist to understand, I know where you're at. You're not going to bullshit me into thinking that you're super advanced. It doesn't matter. I still want you to come in and put forth effort so that I can see that you've put forth effort because that means to me you're willing to work. You're willing to work. I'm willing to share every ounce of knowledge that I have to guarantee that you're successful. But you have to be willing to work and do what's required. A resume is the very first step before you come into a salon to have that prepared. Absolutely. Do you want to know a really cool tip, Russell, about a resume? Yes. A fun yes. fact, if you will. Please. You no, know I love a fun fact. <laughs> so I am going to say everyone has a different opinion on this, but I'm going to come from a place of science, even though I'm not a scientist. Okay. <laughs> this is something that I've learned. <laughs> to drop some knowledge on me. Okay. Yes. I'm ready. I'm ready. So don't print your resume on regular copy paper. Print your resume on a textured yeah. resume paper, something that is a minimum of 32 pounds. Honestly, don't go above 32 pounds. Anywhere between like 27 and 32 pound paper. Mm-hmm. It'll re- it'll say it on the box if you're not sure what mm-hmm. that means. Like look for the mm-hmm. poundage of the paper. But get a textured one that's either linen or some sort of heavily textured fabric type paper because when people touch it, that textural effect will leave a memory marker upon Mm. a first impression Mm. it's Mm. also really good with business cards they say to either add something that's going to give it a bumped texture to it or get those little like clip outs where like they can Mm -hmm. like clip it like Mm. a do you know what are those called like it's like a paper cutter in a in a shape (laughs) or something like that but if you do that on a business card Mm -hmm. as well the textural portion of it will actually Mm -hmm. make people hang on to your stuff longer but it actually Mm -hmm. stores it in their memory bank about you in a first impression and it's Mm -hmm. a positive reinforcement so don't sleep on that because that's important so have a great resume print it on nice resume paper hand it in Get somebody to touch it because they're going to remember you better. Um, It displays value. It does. It's not just something that I just threw together. This is something that I'm going to take seriously. If I can take my resume seriously enough to actually go through and do it as concise and clearly as I can, I don't pad it with a bunch of nonsense. Mm -hmm. And I print it on quality paper without a bunch of emojis and fragrances and glitter and, you know, make it professional. It makes an impression yeah it makes an impression you know what i am gonna say though like with the scented and the glitter like if that is on brand for you you know what i love me a legally blonde movie (laughs) and like (laughs) her fragrance resumes like you know what it was on brand my friend and so if that is on brand for you 
do it. (laughs) Do it. And I hope that they would research and realize the Bauhaus is not on brand about paint, glitter, (laughs) fragrance resume. Exactly. But that's why you need to do your research because, you know, it's a symbiotic thing. (laughs) Yes. In, In my salon, as we were growing, I gave each staff member right of refusal. So whenever I was going to hire someone new, the team concept was so important to me that I wanted everyone to be in agreement before we hired anybody else. So I had five, six people. And so a girl came in, she had a resume, she was great. And she was kind of that legally blonde, you know, kind of persona. I thought she was great. She was going to do, she had energy, she had everything. But when the other girls met her, You know, one of them is a little edgy goth girl. One of them is, you know, punk rock. And Mm -hmm. one of them is, they're all different types. Two of them were like, absolutely hell no for her. I'm like, why? She's great. When I met her, she says, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm tall. Because she was a shorter stylist. I'm like, she was just nervous meeting you because you're so intimidating. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm tall. (laughs) She's like, absolutely not. No way. So we didn't hire her, but I thought she would have been great. (laughs) But you know, I think that's such a great point to make because I like, I know a lot of salons that hire from a team perspective, which I think Mm -hmm. is really excellent. And that's kind of real too. So it's like when you walk in, it's not just about that first impression. And again, like, Walk into the salon, go visit Mm -hmm. the salon, go be a client at that salon, Mm -hmm. experience that salon, go shadow Mm -hmm. at that salon, Mm -hmm. go and put your Mm -hmm. human body into the space and like be with other humans and like, you're going to have to go sooner or later anyway. Exactly. So go in there Mm -hmm. and be yourself, you know, because it's like Mm -hmm. that part really is true also is that you are Mm -hmm. going to find the place that fits you because it's your home also. Like, it's not mm-hmm. just about yeah. you fitting into what their box looks like, but it, you know, yeah. go in and be yourself. See mm-hmm. if you like it. You yeah. may hate it. You Expand know? their box. Yeah. Expand ex- their box. Exactly. And so, mm-hmm. but again, like, yes, go put your body in the salon. Go test yeah. it out on whatever level you can. Which, which you know, When I'm making a soup, I don't want just chicken and water. I need a little bit of spice in it, too. I need a <laughs> yeah. little bit of carrot and some onions and some potato. So, you know, go be the potato to their soup. Go add your spice to it. Absolutely. If you think that it fits. Now, if I'm doing curry, you don't want to put in barbecue pork. (laughs) (laughs) That was a bad analogy. I don't know. I'm a vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't put vegetarian. Don't put meat into (laughs) Annie's chili. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) But kind of the last thing I want to talk about is shadowing. And this is something we talk about so often on this podcast, but it is something not to sleep on. And I think it's so important and there's lots of ways to present that. And, you know, like what's the best way, Russell, for someone to reach out? Like, should they DM? Should they call? Should they walk in? Should they like, how do you present yourself to like go shadow as a student? I think it, this is going to be a non-answer, you know, it's, but it depends on the salon. It really depends upon the level of the salon. If I'm going into a quick service salon that does a lot of clientele and does a lot of hair and they're, you know, getting them in and out, it's probably best for me to either stop by and leave my resume and say, I know you guys are busy. Just call me whenever you get a chance Uh or 
to slide into someone's DMs, I think is probably a great idea. Say, hey, I saw your salon. I really think that it is great. I would love the opportunity to talk to you about maybe working there yeah. or something along the lines. Make it the words yours, but do something like that. Say, mm-hmm. hey, give them a comp. Say, hey, I saw your salon. I think it's great. I love the energy. I love this. I love give them a compliment and say, hey, I would love to spend some time and see if we're a good fit. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm looking for, you know, I just graduated. I'm looking for a place. I'm looking for a home. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Compliment sandwich. Always compliment sandwich. Mm -hmm. Tell them what you like about the salon. Tell them why you're interested. And then ask, Mm -hmm. you know, and then follow it up with something nice or Mm -hmm. you can contact me however you want to be contacted. Now, if it's a higher end salon, I would... I think either way is fine. Send a DM, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm thinking about, you know, House of Pop or me. If you were to send me a DM, I'm going to say, hey, yeah, great. You know, come on by and let's chat in person. Yeah. So that's one way. But Or you could just come by. Mm -hmm. And if I've got time to chat, we're going to chat right then and there. Or I'll say, hey, I don't have time right now to talk to you, but can you come back at this particular time? Mm -hmm. And we'll work out a time where we can come in and talk and I'll show the place off to you. Yeah. So I think a good way to kind of gauge that, too, is seeing how active they are online. And then that way you can kind of know, well, if they're super active... DMing is probably a really good way to take care of mm-hmm. that. If they're not super active, call them. It, yeah, it could also be call um, them, you know, yeah. like don't sleep on talking on the phone, people. Like, I promise you, like, we are a very communicative industry. Like, you have to talk to people. So, like, pick mm-hmm. up the phone, call the salon. And it's not going to be bothersome. It's not at all. It's not. It's not bothersome. Not at all. I expect the phone to ring. So, when I answer it, it's not, if it's, you know, Unless you're trying to sell me, you know, car insurance or not even car insurance, a warranty for my car, <laughs> you know, it's fine. <laughs> trying to sell me credit card services, nah, nah, I close the business. I'm out. <laughs> Click. But I still think a lot of times just looking at their Instagram, and that will give you a good gut instinct of what type of salon it is. Mm-hmm. If it's a very high-end, prestigious, you know, Garen type of salon, then you call and you make an appointment. Yeah. That's the classic way to do it. You call and say, hey, are you guys possibly adding to the team? Mm -hmm. Because I just graduated and I would dream of coming in and talking to you about any opportunities that you might have. Absolutely. And then they'll say, well, sure, come on in, you know, and you make an appointment. You can kind of judge how stiff the salon is. By just looking at their Instagram, Absolutely. see how curated it is. Yep. You know, if it's a fast and loose, then go in fast and loose. If it's very curated and high class and Michelin starred, then you treat it Michelin starred and you call and make a reservation. Absolutely. Also, you know? pay attention to job postings as well. So mm-hmm. if this is a job posting that you find on social media or wherever and it says like, like they want very specific things, like they want a cover letter or they want mm-hmm. portfolio imagery or they want mm-hmm. you to fill mm-hmm. out their application on their website. Make sure to mm-hmm. follow those little details too, because I yeah. know from personal experience, if you don't provide a cover letter, it's looked at kind of as a, this person doesn't follow directions, mm-hmm. you know, from yeah. the very beginning. So like those things are really key and important to make sure like mm-hmm. the little details matter. Yes. And let me calm your nerves that you do not have to be uh, uh, Hemingway in your cover letter. 
Yeah. It's just an introduction. It can mm-hmm. be very short, very sweet. Hello, my name is so-and-so. And I like long walks on the beach, candlelit <laughs> dinners, <laughs> and sucking on your toes. Oh, God, Russell. <laughs> That's too much for a cover letter? Okay, all right. Oh, no, we're going to cut that out. <laughs> Don't oh, put that goodness. in your cover letter. <laughs> I'm just seeing if you're paying attention, Eddie. <laughs> Don't but, you know, that. it doesn't have to be, oh, no, please don't put that. <laughs> to each their own, but don't put be. that in your cover letter. Depends on the salon. Exactly. I mean, they got a lot Is of... it on brand? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just it doesn't have to be Hemingway in a whole book. It can be very short, concise. It's basically an introduction, you know, what you're looking for, who you are, your, a little bit of your history. Absolutely. And... Any opportunity that I could have to talk to you would be amazing. Definitely. It's easy. You know, you tell them, I just graduated beauty school. I'm very excited about my career and I am willing to do, you know, whatever steps that I have. I'm willing to start at the bottom and work my way up. You know, I'm easy to teach. I put forth effort and I think that you'll see that when you talk to me in person. Yeah. So. At what, when do you think... How far into school do you think that people should start shadowing? My thought was like halfway through, but do you feel differently about that? Yeah, I'd probably go near the end, three quarters or later, three quarters. Because I think halfway you should still be working, you know, in the safety of your own school. And working on honing your skills and kind of finding yourself three quarters of the way through. Like in Kentucky, you had to go 1,800 hours. Yeah. So I'd say at about 1,500, you know, 14 to 1,500, I think that's probably a good time to go. Yeah, that definitely you seems know? that your skill is a little bit higher and you're mm-hmm. starting to think about that. Yeah. yeah, you're starting to pick up some skills and you're building upon those skills. And so I think that's probably mm-hmm. later in the two-thirds. Yeah, Three quarters, something like that. I would also recommend going and trying to shadow pre-graduation to a minimum of like three salons. Try to like figure them out, research them, go into them. But I wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket either. Even mm-hmm. if it's almost like mm-hmm. a, like, yeah, I'm going to work here. Like it's no, no brainer. I would still go experience mm-hmm. other places because I think it's just, it's good to kind of see what's out there. Yeah. yeah it, you know, it all depends on the size of your city. I mean, if you're in a place like Chicago or, you know, San Francisco, there's a million salons. You could, you know, research yourself to death yeah, and think, okay, I want to work in this area because I know it has this kind of image. And these are the five salons that I'm going to mm-hmm. go at least see. And there's a LA, there's so, so many. many. Yeah. Now, if I'm in, you know, Butte, Montana, <laughs> there, there might only be a dozen salons. So I, my my pickings are slim. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm gonna say anyone that'll take me, I'll go. <laughs> well, also anyone my, who's my listening from Butte, Montana, maybe like leave a comment. How many salons are in your area? That's yeah, a fact. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love absolutely. a fun fact. So please share with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fool, you don't know anything about Butte, Montana. It is the hair mecca of the Northwest. <laughs> you know what it might be? Like we don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there is some like rad hair coming out of there. <laughs> oh. 
you'd be surprised at the quality of and of creativity of hair that comes out of some of these small places because they got oh, nothing yeah. else to do. Yeah. So all I'm going to do is like obsessively focus on creating something really amazing. Yeah. Same thing coming out of Louisville. I mean, Louisville was a very good hair town because there was so much competition going on there was so much interaction between salons and things like that and they're all trying to outdo each other mm-hmm. and it was really a great atmosphere to be in yep. a lot like minneapolis was a very cool hip place you know i haven't been there in a while but i mean the last time i was there so many amazing salons and they were all so creative and technically talented it was impressive yeah it was truly impressive i actually really love that you say that because I think it's something really important to to remember in our industry that like your town is never too small. Like, yeah. The town is never too small for you to be a creative human within it. And you don't have to run to the big cities to be able to get what you need. You can get your creativity out. You can do what you need even in a small space. And sometimes I think that you can make the most magical thing in a small space because you have the ability to be so unique and different. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important to to remember, you know. It's yeah, not always about yeah. running to the big spot. No, I mean, the big spot has its, its certain outlook and certain opportunities. Like yeah. if I want to do hair for fashion, I got to go to New York yeah, City. Absolutely. You know, but if I just want to do great hair, mm-hmm. you can do that anywhere. Absolutely. As long as you're not the only person in the city. As you know, if, if there's more cows in town than there are people, then <laughs> you might need to move to someplace a little bigger. But... What was that movie with Rachel, what's her name, where she was a, a, a colorist and uh, they were doing hair competitions and she was practicing on the sheep? It was Josh Hartnett, oh I think, God. was in it. Yeah, Josh Hartnett was and, in it. Uh, yeah. Ah. Was it Blowout? Oh, it wasn't Blowout. It was... I think it was. I don't remember. Hold on. It was blow dry. You're so smart, Russell. <laughs> but oh, I thought that I thought that movie was hilarious. She's out coloring sheep. That was amazing. Yeah. That, so that as long be, as your town and, is bigger than that. Yes. Yeah. I feel like most of our listeners probably have never seen that movie before, but if you oh, can yeah. find it somewhere, I do highly recommend it. It is really I'm, fun. And I remember yeah. watching that before I ever entered the beauty industry and just thinking mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, is that the kind of hair that I have to do? Because I don't think I can do that. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. if that's something I would be technically talented at. <laughs> yeah. Alan Rickman is one of the hairdressers in it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Wasn't he in the Nakatomi Tower trying to rob a bunch of bear bonds? <laughs> what was that? that was Die Hard. He was the bad guy in Die Hard. So now oh my he's God. in that movie too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, these are all movies that were so popular when I was growing up. Yes. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> the good old days. All right. But I feel like we got the gist of it, right? Like, like yeah. what I want people to take away is do not be afraid of these online job postings. The mm-hmm. idea of fake job postings, yes, it is real. It is a very real thing. It is mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. happening. But take all of that away. Don't even think about those online job postings. If you find a job online that is awesome, go do the research and then go mm-hmm. in person. That is my... Yeah absolute best advice i could give any cosmo baby looking for a job right now is go the fake job posting the fake job posting is not prevalent in the hair business because it's a much smaller scale Mm -hmm. so they're not really making any money off of scamming people for applying and stuff like that yeah so don't be afraid it's don't be scared this is a wonderful industry that you're entering and you are gonna Mm -hmm. if you go in person you are gonna find the place that you want to be at and it's okay 
if you get turned down. Yep. I don't want you to think that it has anything to do with you. Maybe it's the person that was doing the hiring you didn't jive with, and that's okay. Maybe you didn't fit the aesthetic of the salon. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? I mean, I remember when I was in New York and I went and applied for a job, I went to this very prestigious salon, very well known. And if I told you what it was, you'd be like, oh, yeah. I was the education director for John Delaria in Soho. And, you know, so, and I had been there for like, four or five years. And that's, John Delary was known for his haircutting system. And he was, it was very prestigious, especially in inner coiffure. Mm-hmm. So it was a prestigious position that I had. Mm-hmm. And I walked into this place and I'm being interviewed by somebody and he's telling me, well, you know, you're going to have to assist for two years and we're going to have to retrain you. I'm like, look, you know, I've got, have you seen my, did you look at my resume? You know, I've got a lot of experience. I'm willing to give you six months as, a, as an apprentice because I understand everyone has to start out there. But to think that you need to retrain me, I mean, I'm more than happy to come in and show you my skills. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, oh, okay, okay. So then he calls me back a couple of weeks later and I go back in for another interview and he gives me the exact same interview. He completely forgot that he had talked to me already, and it was the exact same interview. They're going to have to spend two years retraining me. Ugh. And so I'm just like, okay, all right, thanks, no thanks. And I leave, and I'm telling the head colorist at my salon, and she's like, I know the guy that owns that place. Do you want me to call him and get you in there? Because <laughs> I can just call him up, and he'll hire you tomorrow. If I, no problem. He, he'd love to have you. And I'm like, at this point... Nah, I really don't want to go. So that's a situation that didn't really gel well, even though I thought it would, but it didn't. I went to another place with this very famous hairdresser and I walk in, he looks at my resume, goes, oh, John Delaria. He goes, I assume you know how to cut hair. (laughs) I said, hell yeah, I know how to cut hair. He goes, I'll tell you what, I'll hire you as an assistant. You can come in on Mondays and work a chair. He goes, it's going to be a lot of hours, but as soon as you build up on Mondays, I'll give you another day. You can work on Monday and Tuesday, and then you can slowly transition yourself into a full-time chair by one day at a time by starting to work on the floor. And I thought, how cool is that? What a great offer. You know, I didn't end up taking the job, but I thought, you know, that was a far better experience. And even though it didn't click and gel well, because mm-hmm. I decided to just stay at John's, it was an opportunity. So I don't want people to go. And if they apply to place and it doesn't work out to think, oh, I suck. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about finding the right fit because you're looking for a new home. Mm-hmm. You're not just looking for a place to live and park your car overnight like you're on a camping trip or something, exactly. you know? So, yeah. Not to make it all about me, but I guess I just made it all about me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we just, we want you all listening to take away from our experiences and understand that we know that job hunting is scary. We want yeah. to make sure that you have the best possible options and information available so you can go in and be super confident and mm-hmm. find the place that you want to work and find it with confidence and know that you're also allowed to interview them. This is not just you being mm-hmm. interviewed. It's a mm-hmm. two-way road in these relationships. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I hope that the information that we gave today is used wisely and taken. And I also just want to say a huge thank you again to Paul Mitchell School Spokane for being so open and asking questions and kind of opening up my mind too to some of the 
the, the things that are hard for Cosmo babies today. And if you're someone listening and you have some questions and you're not sure, feel free to slide into our DMs at Scissor and Moth. Leave a comment on a podcast episode. And you can also find us at The Hair Nerds. And all of those places are always open to slide in and ask your questions. Round us out, Russell. Oh, what am I going to do? Thanks for listening. Let us know what you'd like to talk about in the future. And uh, you can find us on all the popular podcast. I don't know. Shit, what am I saying? Streaming stations? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And you can find us on all the popular podcast streaming services. And we will see you next time. Yay. Oh, I'll be in Spokane at the Paul Mitchell School next week. Yay. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) They're going to throw tomatoes. I know it.